Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, April 13th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 306. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and I'm joined by Rob Zachney. How's it going? And Ricardo Contreras. How you doing, Kato? Fucking Monday's goddamn right. Fucking grody as hell out today. It's, this is a this is a real Monday ass Monday. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> I keep having this thought whenever it rains that is wrong. Every time mm. it rains now, I'm like, oh good, this will finally get get us out of a lockdown. <laughs> like just like something in my, you, you know what I mean? Like wash it's the, the same part away. of your right. It's the same part of your brain that's like, oh, it'll finally cool down the heat wave. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. <laughs> Um, and that's, I, I don't know if that is an evolutionary trait or if that's a cultural trait, but that is very much like deep in my brain in a way that I have to like go in when it happens and go like, no, 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 that's no, that's not not how it works. How anything works. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Not exciting about this is, uh, so like here in Massachusetts, we're predicted to get like gale force winds and yeah. And we've already been sort of advised that, Hey, uh, Probably we're going to lose a lot of power Ooh, in the area, God. and because of the COVID, it's going to take a while to restore because our teams aren't very big, and uh, so we don't really have the capacity that we, that we usually do to repair stuff. So good luck, and I'm God. sitting here like, boy, I sure hope all the food I've stored up for, yep. for this doesn't go off during, a, during the course of a long power outage. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, we're moving towards hurricane season. Um, it's very, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, anxiety inducing to think about in the larger scale. Um, but yeah, uh, like regular, yeah. like regular earth shit is going to continue happening. Yes. Like, right. It could <laughs> right. already have been a bad year. Like that. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. Um, ugh, ugh. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some stuff that isn't so, that isn't so earth shatteringly bad. Uh, vi- video games. <laughs> y'all still, y'all still okay playing? Them? What, are you, what are you up to? Uh, I think they're okay now. I think they're video right. games, are, they're all right. I, you know, they're all right. <laughs> I have gotten deeper into online turnip trading. Yeah. That's a thing I'm doing in a right. way that's like, that's, so last week I talked about, I talked about the, the systems by which people are like going, okay, so. Turnips in Animal Crossing show up every Sunday. Set this up already once. They show up, you buy them at a price, you hope to flip them. Originally, that's just you do that in your own town, right? Hey, you buy them at 80, turns out one day, maybe Thursday, it's 160. You made yourself, you doubled your profit. You doubled, you doubled your money yeah. on turnips. Perfect. Love it. Um, now, because of being able to go online, what start, you go, oh, hey, well, maybe someone in my friend group has really good turnips. Everyone check in with your turnip price today. Mm-hmm. Now, because of sites like 
uh, turnip.exchange and discords filled with thousands of people. <laughs> there are all sorts of new emerging economies around what the turnip situation is um, and practices around that. So like one thing that happens a lot is someone will be like, hey, I have 600 bells per turnip. You can come through, but I want, you know, rust parts, Nook Mile tickets, which has become the new secondary currency, NMTs, uh, like the, <laughs> the like second primary secondary currency, yeah. like air, like air. Um, but what were they with the Apple ear ear earbuds were in uh, TF2 back in the day? Um, oh, yeah, and then the and Mac uh, earbuds that you got from yes, the Mac, Mac earbuds, yeah. yes, from from I sold from way too early. On me those too, shits. me too. Oh no, I didn't. I I held them. I, I sold mine for like forty two dollars or something like yeah. that. And and got some games with it. Anyway, I don't know where they're at now. Anyway, no, there it's um, fucking in the hundreds. It don't even. Oh look my at god, it. what a waste! <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I'm a fool. You're right. Um, and then what happens is like there are some islands I'll go to. You open, you go, you land on their island, and it's like a corral. It's like a gate. It's like a, a big fenced-in area. <laughs> And a single exit point where there is like a stool and the person who runs the island sits on the stool and is like, all right, drop your payment. Then you pick that you drop the payment. They get off the they get off the stool. They pick up they pick up the payment. You go you sit on the stool and then you can rotate your way out of the corral. Right. right? Um, And then you can go do it. It's the have you seen this more than once? Yeah, this is now an established method of. Uh, so, I, and then other times I used turnip exchange just, this Saturday. Yes. Uh, waited too long, got anxious, and started looking online. So, uh-huh, but uh-huh. my person just like was standing outside of their store, and people were just dropping things at their feet. Like, totally, very, there are also people who are like, yeah. "I don't need anything; just tips are appreciated." But yeah. then you get people who are like, "I'm looking for this song by KK Slider. <laughs> you have to bring this, this song." song. Only. <laughs> um, it's it is it is wild. There is so much happening there. Rob, is that a question or is this just is that a no, stretch? I just, I, I, I just uh, KK Slider is basically the Jimmy Buffett of Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, right? no, like he's, no, he's. I could send you some deep cuts. Yeah, that are. Not. It's not. You know, uh, I think no, a not, lot. It's nothing to do with the the, the musicianship or, or the craftsmanship. Uh, okay, I mean, it, it's all about the like what this character represents in this world, and from what little I can glean, like everybody's a big slider head. In, Everyone uh, is a big slider yeah. head. You're right. Also, but sometimes wanna, he appears like in your head. He does appear in your head. Um, just like and, Jimmy. Just, just like <laughs> Jimmy does say. when I'm drifting off to sleep. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett comes in and, and asks me Hell, if I... It could uh, be my fault. <laughs> like, God damn it. Still in there. Still telling me those truths. <laughs> it's true. I just think I think it's I think that K.K. Uh, Slider deserves a little bit of respect because of the breadth of the catalog. And Jimmy doesn't have that. Um, and I think that that probably suggests something about the the Sliderhead fan base, which is that they're not just here for the kind of lazy island tunes. They're also here for, you know, some some hot bop and jazz. They're also here for some really bubbly, you know, bubblegum pop. Mm-hmm. And KK's got it all. KK can can deliver the goods across. And to that to that end, I wonder if he's more not more like a producer. You know what I mean? If, if he has like because he has the the sort of production breadth of a Rick Rubin, um, and right. that is you know a, a pretty big <laughs> difference. Um, uh, well, you let us know. You write into gamingadvice.com. You tell us who who is our world's KK Slider. I gotta know. Um, uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, Animal Crossing is going all right. Still, Kato, are you still you're still deep in it? Sounds yeah, like absolutely. Um, also playing the stock market. 
Uh, looks like I'm in for a big spike today. Using this tool Ooh, that really? told that, uh, 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 who was the, yeah, I think it was Joseph. Joseph um, Cox. Uh, wrote for uh, the site, and um, there's a link in there. If you search for uh, Vice Stock Market, it'll be the first thing that comes up. But they like keep updating this tool, which is really great. Now it, it looks has, really nice now. Yeah, and it has spots to put in your previous weeks, which apparently also uh, affects what your bell prices are going to be, which is uh, where your turnip prices are going to be, which is wild. Um, mm-hmm. It just gets, yeah, it's, every time I open that thing, it gets more and more elaborate. I'm like, great. Love it. I realized, put in. <laughs> I realized yesterday as I was finishing that terrible bunny event, which is done, Fuck. that the all of that f- bunny stuff is going to be worth money in a month. Did you and finish then it's going it? To, yeah, I finished it. Okay. I'm furious about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because the reward isn't even a reward. It's a recipe for a reward. Yep. Um, uh, I will say I was very, very, very pleased and happy and relieved that they let you do like a tr- an egg trade, that you could trade three eggs of oh one type to get one God. of another one. Were you? That's the, yeah. I. That's the only way I was able to finish that shit. Same, but each fucking transaction, it's three to one, first of all. Not great, not great trade. Second of all, each individual transaction, so if you need more than one, takes around 30 seconds. I was sitting there tapping the same fucking button for like minutes at a time. I needed something like 13 water eggs, and so I... Trust me, I know, I know. But that was better than getting the anti-dopamine hit of pulling a fish out of the water and having it be an egg. So uh, I would, I you know, I was on the phone, I was a a a a a, just hit that button. It was literally uh literally uh that. uh It was the water eggs and the sky eggs that I didn't have enough of because way too many sky eggs. Fucking well, I just stopped popping those shits after a while because I knew what they were. I I don't give a fuck. And then it turns out I needed a few more of them than I need a few more. I thought I had stockpiled enough. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> the thing that hit me is like in a month or two, you're going to get people who only started the game then, who really like the aesthetic right. of that stuff. People who are trying to be completionists who like right now they're like, oh, I don't really need everything. But in a month, they're going to be like, well, I have everything except the egg stuff. And that stuff is going to go for money. Um, and oh, I don't shit. care. I'm going to hold on to my original <laughs> set. And then if I can flip it down the line, I can flip it. But I don't need all that. I don't need that. I don't need to fucking hold on to eggs. To That's not it. That's not it. You can't uh, in- get stuff that you've DIY'd out of the catalog, right? No, that's the thing. You right. cannot order that stuff. You have to make it, um, and you you can't um, you can't uh, uh, order eggs or whatever. Anyway, all this is, is just to say that like the Animal Crossing that I thought I was gonna get a year ago, where it would be like a chill time on the beach, <laughs> and. I wouldn't have to and worry now you're about trading shit. places. Now I'm now I'm in trading places, and that's on top. Oh, I will say that I I I also did unlock the like tile st- stuff uh, over the last week, um, mm. and got to like I like made my downtown look really pretty. I mean, got that's the, the closest I've I've gotten. To, I got the terraforming stuff and the tile and the like path the stuff path and all stuff, that. Yeah. I'm not messing with terraforming. I'm not like I I bought the upgrades for it so I could if I needed to, mm-hmm. but I very much have in my mind like here is how my island is laid out. This part of it is where like people and and commerce are. And I'm just like not gonna touch. And it's it's done. It's like it looks nice. I'm happy with it. I like. I think yeah. it like it's it's a really nice. It has like a nice like downtown core set like feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Main Street vibe at certain places. I'm happy with with the way that looks because that because Main Street doesn't exist in Animal Crossing in this game in the way it did in the past. Um, right. And uh, uh, so I'm happy with that. 
And now I'm just gonna like the rest of the island. I don't want to make it. I'm not. I'm not trying to remake it because the thing I want from Animal Crossing is just to kind of chill. Um, so that's my big Animal Crossing update. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, Animal Crossing has invaded my house. Yeah. Uh, Wait, really? <laughs> so there's a, there's a few things. Um, first of all, if y'all will turn your attention to a video I just posted in the uh, alumni channel. Uh-huh. Uh, you can you can see an unforeseen complication. Oh my uh, god! With, with Animal Crossing, uh, like it is a video that goes from cute to somewhat alarming uh, over the course of its run. Uh, when I when I realized that Animal Crossing does not Holy play nicely shit. with my animal. What is happening in this? V- why? Oh my god! Do you think that Mina's trying to talk to Timmy and Tommy? <laughs> Why is this, it that Mina is literally responding to them talking? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. She is hands down like like she is at full alert and when they begin talking, she begins like barking at them. <laughs> this is amazing. Wow. You have to post this video somewhere. <laughs> this is very cute also. <laughs> but like she go like it goes from like oh she's talking to Animal Crossing oh my to like God. she hates Animal Crossing. <laughs> she like hates it so much. She doesn't understand why the little <laughs> sounds keep coming out of the TV. And like by the end is like starting to freak out she's, a little bit. Oh my and god. I'm like, we, oh we my god, she's here. off the couch. She got off the couch. <laughs> she's up on the speakers. She went into attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Oh no. Mina this is a fully she, lost it. She's like this is a this is an invader. This person should not be here. <laughs> she's like Tom Nook is about to fuck you over. Yeah, well, so th- this was the other thing was that uh one of the enjoyable things, the MK doesn't really follow the game space too closely like uh-huh. and has been completely absent from Nintendo conversations basically since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh and so she's like, I just want like, you know, a really chill, relaxing game. Like I'm really in that headspace right now. That's what I want. So I'm going to buy Animal Crossing because it sounds like exactly the thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Like, uh, in- enjoy. Let me know how it goes. And she starts playing it. And after like 30, 40 minutes, I hear, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh-huh. then... This dude just gave me an itemized bill. <laughs> and like he's charging me for a phone I didn't ask for. And I was right. like, yeah, that's that's animal that, that's that's, uh-huh. that's it. Yeah. That's animal uh-huh. crossing. That's animal crossing. And she and like somehow it been completely <laughs> like she completely missed that like the <sighs> opening of Animal Crossing is that basically you get like pyramid schemed into working mm-hmm. as an indentured servant mm-hmm. for this local like real estate speculator. Right. Um, and it was interesting because it did seem to sour MK a little bit like, like that, that framing did seem like a little bit of a bummer where it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this, this feels a little less uh, like a fantastical like escape and kind of shitty. Like the, the, your primary, like, point of interaction in this game is a dude whose opening is, is committing fraud. Yeah. I saw I saw the dialogue <laughs> where like if you try to be like, hey, uh what 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 do you mean? But why why am I holding an itemized bill for this vacation you gave me? 
And like when you start asking about, well, tell me about like what the what the fuck are bells? And he's like, oh, that's my currency. Oh, you don't know about that. It's that's the company it's script. Really good. It's really good. It's really funny. But also, it is. It was kind of surprising to see someone get caught out by it. Yeah. And realize like, oh wow, this like if you don't go in kind of expecting that like <laughs> this game is about this adorable little like you know raccoon operator uh sort of taking advantage of me yeah uh, it really does kind of come from left field as your as your little fantasy island thing immediately turns into a game of well i guess you work for me now good luck <laughs> good luck paying off your debt it's it's a bit like being taken out to like a restaurant date and then like having to clean the kitchen right 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 <laughs> yeah uh-huh um uh, uh well I'm I'm you got to keep giving us updates in, if if game if if I'm there glad. is further development. I'm glad it's not just me. And you know, I'm just, no. lots of people don't like Tom Nook. But I yeah. <laughs> uh I keep seeing things about uh Tom Nook not being as bad as he is. I'm like, really? Is really? So <sighs> glad to well, have is another. Is it always <laughs> kind of a bait and switch type thing? Like you know, in the uh, previous games is it all yeah, is, that's is the he thing. always basically games, tricking you? Yeah, in the previous games, you did. In this game, you have a choice when you upgrade, like when to upgrade and get into a new loan for the upgrades for the house. Originally, it was just like immediately as soon as you finish paying off your first loan, he's like, uh, "I added a new room to your house. Here's another loan." In this game, they changed that bit of it, but then the rest of the framing they also made kind of worse in a way because it feels more explicitly like, "Oh, we know that y'all don't time like like Tom Nook." So here's some weird um kind of less um less direct but still it feels to me more explicitly like nefarious ways that tom nook is going to take advantage of you yeah i definitely feel like th this was them like attempting to like own that yeah stereotype that 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 kind of read and be like yeah right. motherfucker yeah he's <laughs> out here you gotta look out for people like this right listen tom nook would be like i'm so happy that my mortgage was frozen but also you owe me rent money yes yep. Yep. He's a hundred percent that landlord. Uh huh. Uh, I know it. I know it in my heart. Um, anyway, you got to keep us updated on that. On that front. Uh, anyone else playing anything else? What else, what else is was popping right now? Uh, Kato, you're uh, on that Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah, I'm on the on the new one. I uh, right, right. A couple couple days before the 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 remake dropped, I spent a couple evenings replaying through that first part of Midgar on PC. Um, mm hmm. And, you know, just to, like, refresh and, like, un like so I can, because, like, that's the only part of Final Fantasy VII I've ever played through. But it was also eight, years ago when I was a tiny baby child who didn't remember shit. So I <laughs> uh, wanted to kind of do a refresher. Um, and the, it's, it's really um, kind of a much more stark in my mind now how different, because there's, like, two, there's kind of, like, uh, you can kind of categorize the differences in the remake in two different ways. There's like filler stuff that is like we're expanding this area that went by pretty quickly in the original because mm -hmm. we have HD graphics and we want to make it feel like a larger space, et cetera, et cetera. So like here's some filler stuff, but it doesn't add anything narratively necessarily. Um, I'm thinking of like the laser section in the that's in the demo, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, things like that. And then there's a the second part where it's like here's completely new narrative and context that we didn't get in final fantasy seven of like a full section that you know you know you you get to 
hang out with Avalanche more this time around and things like that. But also because, you know, the stark difference in between some like exaggerated uh acting in um like low poly like like the old old low poly models like you you can only do really kind of outlandish uh movements with those to like express some sort of uh emotion right and then just the text and given the like different limitations they have on like how much script they can put into one game um a lot of the early stuff that is setting up kind of the story feels like in the original, you're not getting a lot about this group that you're a part of. And that feels like they were like, they like zoomed in on that kind of deficiency in like Mm -hmm. a very intense way this time around. Whereas like, Oh wow. We're like gonna spend a ton of time with these people this time. I mean, which it's it like part of it makes sense. It's like, if they're going to make this product, be a standalone thing that they need to be able to sell as a full game. They're going to need to pad a lot of extra stuff in. Um, but um, I've been enjoying it so far. It's how far in are you? Um, You're through the second reactor. I'm at the second reactor. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Uh, I did all of the side quests in that first area though. Um, yep. I just decided like, I'm going to really, really just play as much as possible. Cause there's also some some stuff kind of locked behind those things. So if you're interested in kind of seeing everything, there is actually a sort of mechanical reason to, other than there's, just like money or items. You yeah, know? there's also just not that much. There's 24 side quests in this game, which right. is such a funny thing of just like, yeah, there's 24. How many does your game have a side quest? Yeah, 24. 24, 24 of them. <laughs> Like in the world of of Skyrim, uh, in the world of Far Cry, where it's like, yeah, we have 13 different missions about, you know, uh, escort missions. And we have 12 Mm -hmm. different, you know, minigame collections. And we have this is like, yeah, we have 24 missions total, um, side missions Um, total. And And I think it actually works for that game a lot because each one of them has some story content and has like some NPCs that you'll remember and ends up ends up kind of scaffolding up in interesting ways over the course of the game. I um. I'm having an interesting moment, though, where uh, I can't tell certain things. Because I've only ever played the Midgar section, there are certain things that I feel like, oh, this is stuff that they're pulling in from later in the game. Mm -hmm. They're pulling it in earlier versus, is this just new? Is this like a new, like, am I supposed to be surprised? Are there like fights? Or no, where are you at? Based on where you're at, what are you you thinking about here? Well, just Sephiroth. Oh, yeah. All new. Sephiroth, mm. Sephiroth's first appearance in right. Final Fantasy VII is not until the Shinra Tower. Um, right. And, 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 but and like, I know, I know that's, game, I know we that's about new this. for this, this section, day. but what I'm talking about oh, is like, yeah. how much of that lines up narratively to the old Kata, game? Some versus... of it's not from, some of it's not from Final Fantasy VII. What? Like that's what I'm talking about. This yeah. game is like that. This <laughs> game is there is. I mean, that's all. That's also true with the with the regular shit, right. which is like, um, the 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 biker dude is not from like a later part right. of Final Fantasy VII, right? Right. right. I think um, I had heard about of that one because they stuff. they like they like put that in some promotional materials of like right. new enemy. So like right. that I knew right. about, but like there are yeah. other the moments where family I'm not stuff even... all new. Right. Like there's totally. a. <laughs> and so the the you know if you're more than <clears throat> five minutes past the um the the demo ending Sephiroth 
is is in the game, and that's He's unbelievable. Just, what? Um, uh. And I also I, I I've said this I said this I think on Monday or on fri- Friday I don't know whenever so whenever I said this I don't know that they handle some of that stuff extremely well because I don't know that they give new players enough to understand who that character is or what the connection right. is to the to the party and to Cloud and um, <clears throat> I will say I have a pretty strong. I have a pretty strong idea that I think that the sequel to this game is going to start with an extended version of the Nibelheim flashback from Final Fantasy VII, and it's just going to be straight up like, here is who this dude is. Maybe you even play as him a little bit. Mm. Um, that is my that is my theory uh, uh, right now. Um, but like, it's so weird. Wait, it's like a no. It's like a Final Fantasy no Russian. I mean, that is. Like that was in Final Fantasy VII. Wait, really? I mean not not the no Russian part of it, but like yeah, <laughs> no, you, you no, have no, Sephiroth. No, yeah. There's a there's a there's a playable flashback right after you leave Midgar, uh, in which you get Cloud's history with Sephiroth, which is like part right. of why everyone was so confused. It's like why are you setting this game where it ends at Midgar? The next scene after Midgar is the one where the game is explained. Where right. like what yeah. this is? What are we doing? Um, and yeah. I don't know that this game does a good alternative for that sequence, unfortunately. Um, right, they just uh, put but some I, but of I, that narratively much earlier on in like a you'll learn they do eventually. That. They, they yes they do that in a way where it's like you'll learn eventually and then that eventually is in the next game right um uh, what I will say is based on where you're at you're about to get to where the combat really started clicking for me and started nice. pushing me um in a way that yeah. I really enjoyed I was gonna um, say so. like I I've, I've been enjoying the 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 combat all right so far and I just felt like fights were over at least with a lot of the normal and like kind of like yeah. mini bosses were over too quickly for me to really engage with a lot of the like gather atb with this specific Mm -hmm. ability and then you know use the other ability that i now like leveled up or whatever like there's a lot of things that feel like they take a little bit more time to do than the current mini bosses like give you time to like really engage with the boss you're coming up with is like the gate to the rest of the game in a real way um it's it it's the first time I died in that game, uh, and it's the first time that I had to like wait, like party really wipe, pa- complete party wipe. Damn. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So you're coming up on that, and and also it's a weird boss because it's like a boss that you determine some of the boss's characteristics, um, oh. and so which you'll see, um, uh, and and because of that, there's a degree to which like I don't know if my experience was abnormal or or different than most people's, uh, but the version that I played fucking kicked my ass. <laughs> uh, and I, it forced me to really slow down and think about the way I was playing the game and, and what my character strengths were and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then from there on, the bosses, I think, are all really good at letting you have the space to try to do the thing where you're like, all right, I'm going to get into my rotation. Like, I know what I want to do. I want to put uh-huh. – I want to do the Unbridled Tower on Tifa twice. And then right. I want to come over here with with uh, Barrett and set up Steel Skin and – the protection one and then with cloud i'm gonna do this and da, 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 da. and like now i'm gonna go into my comp my, my like damage rotation now i'm gonna try to get the stagger but uh-oh the boss is hitting me or stunning me and or you know knocking me out or giving me making me poison now i have to pause my damage rotation to go into like healing mode more right. um and that back and forth was really 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 fun for me uh again really good mental load in a way that i appreciated um and so and so i'm definitely on board with 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 that stuff um i keep me updated i'm curious yeah. what you think uh, i'm excited well, to dig in sure. more um i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna like play as much as i can out of this game uh yeah it's just yeah. good because like i feel like i haven't had a long 
long ass game like this to like really dig into in a while, which is a weird thing. But Corona, I don't know. It's like something about just being stuck inside all day. I feel yep. like more, even though it's not even that much more different than my regular life because I also never went out anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it feels like I have more time when it's really like, no, you could, there are other things you could do. But I'm yeah, but play listen, Final you Fantasy. did the thing. The thing <laughs> is, the thing is, there's like going out and there's going out, right? Um, right. And there's like, you, there's sometimes a little drop of medicine goes a long way. Uh, I think that's <laughs> one of the things that that has called into question is like it turns out that like saying hi to someone in the office for thirty seconds, maybe, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, absolutely, is, absolutely, is socialization in a way that like without that, and it's not the same for me online. It's like there's such a different experience of like cohabitating a specific space, um, or like oh, totally. being in the office kitchen or being in a cafe or, or whatever, even just you know? having like even just having a commute, right? <laughs> like, yes, having, having to walk yeah. outside yeah. a yeah. certain yeah. amount so. of time to get somewhere every single day means you mm-hmm. always see the outside where like. I definitely went like five days without stepping foot out of yep. this apartment. <laughs> yeah, even if, you know, an Just hour a out day outside of your apartment is still an infinite more amount of time than you're spending now. Yeah. Right, go ahead, Rob. Well, so we were doing the like complete shut-in thing for a bit there uh, until Mina went on P-Strike. Uh, <laughs> what? Which was, so we, we bought one of those um, like turf pads. Mm-hmm. That you're, uh-huh. like, yeah, because... Our building has two elevators and mm. something like 150 units. So that's <laughs> not great. Uh, <laughs> that's not great no. math if we're trying to avoid contagions. Yeah. Uh, so we, we sort of did the thing where we were like, okay, we're just going to completely pull up the drawbridge. Uh, you know, we've got the, you know, we've got a litter box and we've got a little uh, turf pad for the dog. Uh, the dog just got so pissed off at that that she started like she internalized what we were asking her to do and then was like, fuck you. You're going to take me out. Oh, you're not going to take me out. <laughs> then guess what? The entire downstairs is my bathroom now. <laughs> All the downstairs. Every carpet is my bathroom. Uh-huh. And we were like, like she would go over to the place. She would reject it. She'd be like, no, this is disgusting. I'm not. No, I don't use this. And walk over to like the carpet and like, not go to the bathroom. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to, we, we, we are now forced to uh, get up at like 430 every day mm. and run that dog outside before traffic in the building picks up and there's like people using the elevators. So uh, at like five in the morning, every morning, um, I've, I'm taking this dog for the walk. She's very happy, by the way. Like it's the highlight of her day. Uh, but I, it's, it's probably the only thing keeping a reasonable sense of n- normality uh, going uh-huh. for me is this. Like every day, I go out and I play act living in a normal city, right? Like that, that's how it feels. Is uh, taking the dog for a walk. Oh, all the businesses are closed, but of course they would be. It's five in the morning, and it, it's a weird sort of uh i don't know it, it allows it, it allows a sort of weird patina of things being the same mm-hmm. uh and i'm kind of glad for it uh, on the other hand i kind of wish this dog wasn't holding me hostage every morning <laughs> <laughs> um i would take that excuse though that's a good yeah. excuse to uh, to both be outside and also to like just 
add a little extra routine to the day. Yeah. I wouldn't want the 4.30 a.m. version of it. I'll say if I had a dog, I would mm. like the 9, p- 9 p.m. <laughs> version of it is what I said. <laughs> That's You know what? My heart is right. That is what I would prefer. Then I was going to say 9 a.m. No, 9 p.m. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think the evening equivalent of... The 5 a.m. walk is like the 11 p.m. walk, really. Yeah, right? I do like that. That's that's kind of where, yeah, that's that's where that's you're me. going. Yeah. yeah, I'm just inverted yeah. on that. But you're right because it's like everything is dead outside. Everything feels, you know, like you're not going to bump into anybody. No one else in the building is leaving. You know, I'm right. not gonna. Yeah, exactly. which is relaxing. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I the only it. person out here. I'm not doing. I'm not doing any calculations of like, okay, yep. is this person going to go right or left? Yep. Uh, you know, on this path. None of that. It's finally like, okay. I can listen to my podcasts and really let them absorb me. <laughs> yeah, I can walk any direction I want on this pedestrian walkway. <laughs> That's choice. That's American yeah. freedom right there. Um, oh God. Sorry, I was thinking about bad internet takes. We can't go down this road again. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Did I miss one? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I hope everyone is is, is having a good a time online. We should uh, we should take a quick break and we come back. I know both of y'all have still been going down the the, the rabbit hole with control, uh, so we can get a control update and then maybe take some questions and then and then, and then maybe we'll just we're out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, so be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back with more from Waypoint Radio. Uh, Rob, I think you told, did you tell me today, am I misremembering this, that you said you're, you're finally getting into the, the DLC for Control? Yeah, and let me tell you, playing straight from the main game into the DLC does not show that DLC in the best light. Oh, Ooh. no. Kata, did you like, finish it? No, no, I haven't. Okay, okay. Uh, so you're both I, yeah. speaking as people who've played it a little bit. Rob, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, like I finished the main game and when I was like, oh, man, I'm just grooving on control. I love this. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There's more control. I'm just going to go <laughs> straight into this DLC. And immediately it's like, and here are none of your favorite characters. Mm. <laughs> and it feels very much like one of those. Um, I was going to say like a TV show whose like second season has had ma- massive cast turnover. But I think maybe the mm. more accurate comparison is there's kind of a webisode vibe mm. to this thing. Huh. Where it's like, okay, yeah, it's like the control universe, but like it's a really sparse location. <laughs> and we're getting backstory on characters who were not even referred to in the main game. It's more they were in, they were their their possible existence was implied. Like right. you know, I'm sure you finished Control and you were wondering all about Director Ash. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure like <laughs> you when you saw that plaque in the cafeteria of the oldest house, I'm sure you were like, oh, wow, there was there was a director, Ash, that worked here at one point. And you really wondered, I wonder what that guy got up to. Well, now, you know, <laughs> is it interesting? He died. <laughs> but his son went to some caves. Oh. Uh, okay. That's caves are cool, I guess. Are they uh, Kato? I think I think I like caves. I yeah, so like this this is I can see because I am thinking back to the ending of Control, there's still like a lot of Yeah, a lot of main character stuff that gets left uh hanging, but I had been removed enough that I was just like interest I was like fine with diving back into that world even if it wasn't about kind of that main plot anymore uh but i could see going straight from one into the other being like why are we doing this (laughs) right um but yeah how far how far in did you get did you get to the new power choice at least uh no so i'm only in like the first hour of it gotcha um and i don't mean to be too harsh like it is more (laughs) control i do i i do love me some more control right but i think it is tough because Control is such a tonally, uh, tonally diverse work in some ways where mm. like it has its bits of like real, like sa- real satire. Right. And sure. it also has its moments of kind of like, uh, you know, tragic heroism when you start to realize that, you know, uh, director trench is turned out to be the weakest link in this in the in this chain right like one of the things that's revealed is that everything that's gone wrong may have more to do with who zachariah trench was Mm -hmm. uh than any of the various dangers he foresaw right because all his hotline calls are very like the director always has to be five steps ahead (laughs) and it turns out of course that you know it, it was a physician heal thyself moment um, but you you finish the game and it, it it juggles all that pretty well and controls a game that you can always sort of take a break from the main plot and go do goofy side quest stuff. Mm-hmm. Want to go get mistreated by a professor in the basement of, uh, <laughs> you know, the oldest house? Of course you do. Who doesn't want to go live the life of a grad student but <laughs> with automatic weapons fire and killer mold? Uh-huh. Like, but... You like that experience is in there, and when you go to the DLC, it's like okay, we're basically like it kind of feels like okay, we're giving you a tunnel, and the tunnel's going to tell a story. It's very much like the if Control is a full amusement park, this is very much a single a single ride. It's an experiential ride, but it is a ride. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that that's fair. It's yeah, it it feels like a, a a side quest. It is another another extra long side quest. So far, and I think maybe uh, uh, being further in, uh, I have seen a, f- a bit more of um, uh, other more other characters from the the, the main storyline that are a little more interesting. Yeah. But uh, it it still remains to be seen uh, how how deep that even goes because I feel like where I am, it's um, kind of surface level so far, but. Yeah, I have to get back. I have to get back to it. Um, I have to because I I kind of went all in on Final Fantasy remake once that dropped, so I haven't really uh, touched <laughs> touch on uh the DLC again. It yeah. does do that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, what's kind of screwing me up about um uh, about Control though. I had somehow never looked up who 
the actor who play who plays Casper Darling. Is wait, really? Wait, done. I just wait. missed that. Like we we had said this on pod at some point. Ha- we we, must, we must have. Maybe Rob missed that episode. It's Maybe. possible. Uh, I also have the attention span of the net. Like it's it's <laughs> not yeah, great. Fair, like, it's too. entirely possible that like I was in that conversation, but at that point I was like trying to publish a story and just didn't. I was like, yeah, uh huh, definitely, uh-huh. <laughs> totally. So true. Alan Austin. Wake. Susan, things we would have said Alan Wake, and you would have you would have like Mina jumped to attention as if <laughs> as if the Animal Crossing voices had come on. Uh, Alan yeah. Wake, like you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. Like, yeah, like, exactly. What? Uh, no, but I hadn't realized that. Like, so this is this is why Casper Darling had to die, right? Uh, so, so that, that Alan Wake can, can, can live <laughs> in two DLCs time. That's the real story of Easter. God, <laughs> the lake house is empty. Rejoice, God. Oh. <laughs> uh. So are you are you suggesting that we're this is it we're Alan Wake around the corner? Well, I mean they, they they've they did tease know, that DLC. Their but... roadmap for DLC said as much, right? Like yeah, the Alan Wake logo was folded into one of the uh, the the AWE uh, DLC altered world events, coming. not Alan Wake expansion. Totally not that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so like we, we're definitely headed for that, and I'm really curious to see what happens when they sort of retcon those two universes together yeah um yeah because i'm i'm extremely here for it there's reference and then there is continuity you know what i mean and it's one thing to be like oh wow that's the same haha and it's another one to be like my name is alan wake and i'm a writer and like and now i'm missing meeting jesse mcfaden and she's whatever she's the director i've read a lot of stephen king (laughs) yeah (laughs) not his books on how to write though yeah, and uh, Je- Jesse Faden opens with the uh, quote. Sorry, I said Jesse tries- McFaden. Is that anything? Is there a- <laughs> Jesse McFadden? I think you're thinking of Matthew McFadden. I think I'm thinking of Matthew yeah. McFadden is exactly what happened. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Not related? That's not That's not the, the brother? That's not her brother? In the expanded control verse, yes. who can who, really who say? Can say? Man, he would make a great Dylan. See? Make it happen. Oh, like... <laughs> just, he just if we just all bought that DLC, we could just retcon Matthew McFadden into uh-huh. Control. Yep, and then it would be a very different story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, where he's the same age, they don't even pretend that Dylan is the same age. No, just Jesse. no, like, this no. is my brother Dylan. It's Matthew McFadden. <laughs> you might recognize him as Mister Darcy. <laughs> um, he's older and angrier now. Yeah. Oh God! Uh, oh, murder at the oldest house. Show. Murder at the <laughs> oldest house is is my murder murder at Pemberley of about control. Uh, it's oh, you could God, it would be such a good murder setting though. Shit, because um, nobody can leave. They're in a lockdown. That's right. That's right. Just like us. Uh, any other <laughs> final control thoughts here before we we move on to to some other some other stuff? Um, we don't do a lot of news stuff here, but I want to briefly note that the there are rumors that rap that I must have, I hmm, uh, Resident Evil, <clears throat> Resident Evil, that Resident Evil Four will get a remake that that hit over the weekend. Rumors? Uh, is it is it confirmed? Because I I saw a lot of people talking as if it was confirmed, but now I'm uh, now I thought it would wrap back around to to rumor. 
PC mm-hmm. gamers head is rumor a Resident rumor. Evil 4 remake is in uh, is in development. I'm trying to be there is a report, there's a VGC report, but I suspect US Gamer says report Resident Evil 4 is the okay. next remake. Okay. It would be super weird if they did a remake of Resident Evil 4. Well, this I'd is the be... this is the discourse right now this weekend, yeah. Rob. Was like, why are they going to do that? Are, what, do you have feelings about this like genuinely? No, it's just inevitability. It is an inevitability. Of course it yeah. is. That's exactly I, I, how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have feelings about it. I, it's, it is, like, I guess my question is, what is the current state of compatibility for that? Like, is this a, is this a game that is hard to access? No. No. Yeah. No. So that's, <laughs> but it's like, see, you know what is, it is. This is where you start to get in. You know what? It's a game that's hard to sell. It's a game to hard to sell to people that only bought it 16 years ago and haven't bought it again since. But if they saw the word Resident Evil 4 on an advertisement on a TV station and it said new, all new, like and it looked cool, and game. there were some new cutscenes. Those were the fuckers. Like, game. no, it's not going to be. A v- they're not going to do. I mean, <laughs> first, if they first person VR game when you're you're. I'm here for it in first person. I would be here for it, and that would be such an interesting, risky change. From I mean, that's the actual thing, right? Is what it wouldn't be would be it wouldn't be like the cool parts of RE7. It <laughs> would be like the bad parts of RE7, and RE7 right. isn't good when it's a shooter. It's good when it's like a first-person horror nightmare. Yeah. Um, when you're like, oh, I don't want to be at this dinner. <laughs> like that's when that game is sick. <laughs> um, relatable. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I do feel like it's inevitable. Like there's a degree to which that that you know rumor going around that report going around made me go like yeah okay uh-huh. um, uh huh um and I and I get the feeling that a lot of people there's it was one of those moments where I felt a lot of folks were more generous towards the industry than they normally are because they were surprised by it or because they were upset by it um, because like I. Of course Capcom is going to remake the thing that's going to make them the most money. Mm-hmm. That's what they that's what they do. That they yeah. occasionally make stuff that's really that they also made Dragon's Dogma. Like Dragon's Dogma <laughs> was a was a money grab. I love it. I think it ended up being this really idiosyncratic thing that's like not like any other thing out there. But what they wanted to do was make like action Skyrim. <laughs> um right. uh and like that comes from a very you know, pragmatic position that is not like a, an art game. Um, so yeah, I'm always, I'm always, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, super surprised that this would be something that they would, a road that they would go down. My hope is that it comes out, you know, alongside or even after a Resident Evil 8 that does do some extra stuff that like does do some, like take some bigger chances that, that it, you know, allows for other parts of the company to be a little riskier. That is the promise of, of that sort of strategy. But I don't know that will, will actually happen. <laughs> we'll see. Um, uh, uh, I, so what, how different was going back to their resident evil three and two remakes. Mm-hmm. How much of those were um, changed versus like essentially just, updates of two is is a really good update of the original there's some stuff that i believe is missing or like the they're like it doesn't have the zapping stuff that two did the like change one thing in one playthrough and then the next playthrough it's it's different um Mm. when you change characters it's like that stuff isn't there um i want to say like some of the stuff around uh uh the kind of side characters is is distinct the stuff around i, I forget like, the name I of the little girl i feel like saying it's just an update but... still goes it doesn't go far enough though like no i mean you're right if we say if we said like the resident evil uh the resident evil 1 remaster 
Yes, you're right. That is an update. Like, it's got, there's like. It's just better textures looked, and better, yeah, totally. Right. They fixed the voice acting, the fixed, but it was never supposed to be ridiculous, right? It was never supposed yes. to be yes. as, as, as campy as it, arch was. As it was. Yeah, yeah. That, was not, yeah. that was not how it was intended to be. But if you go back and play it, it is very much kind of the same clunky feeling experience that you remember from yes. playing Resident Evil 1 on the PlayStation was. Uh, Resident Evil 2, to me, does feel substantially like, okay, this thing controls very comfortably and fluidly. Totally. Uh, like, compared to today's games. Right. The, I, where I mean, it gets weird is it feels, it, there's a weirdness to it that I think com- couples with the fact that it now controls like a modern game, but it still presents itself very much like Resident Evil 2 did. Yeah. Which is kind of... Kind yeah, of I wanted to... To me, that kind of falls within update, right? You're updating the the mechanics to fit within like modern. I think the work there though is so it's that's a it is a lot. I'm not saying it's not a lot of work. I'm just saying there's kind of a difference between remaking something like Final Fantasy VII is being remade, like they've changed the mechanics completely Mm. from a a turn-based system to a. Yeah, I think this is a failure failure of terms because like because. In other formats, remake can mean a lot of different things. Sure. Actually, um, a remake in film includes everything from um, uh, A Star is Born, in which core thematic content and basic plot beats are the same, but there are dramatic differences in adaptation, mm-hmm. to Psycho, where Gus Van Zandt tried to like literally do a shot, shot for, for shot. shot. Right. But but even there, what we say is a shot for shot remake, right. because we need to call attention to the fact that that is what makes it exceptional in its in its aspirations, not in its <laughs> execution. Right. Um, um, we have to qualify shot for shot remake because right, the word because remake isn't enough, right? Or like like remake does imply uh, a difference that shot for shot like doesn't yeah. have, right? Like the idea is that you're yeah. trying to replicate it almost, mm-hmm. even if you're mm-hmm. using. It's remake because you're using different actors, different uh, right. physical. You have to go through different physical sets motions and, and sets. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I think if we were to, if we were to boil it down to like an update, the update equivalent in a film would be like a nice transfer, right? Which would which would be okay. This thing now runs yeah. and presents itself reasonably mm-hmm. well yeah. on a modern display. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of hoops to jump through to fix compatibility like issues. It controls correctly with modern, uh, you know, controls like that is sort of the the update model, I mm. guess, that would be equivalent. And then no, see, I think the controls is a remake. I think at that point you're out of the world of update. The second that you're like, I'm moving around this world in a di- in a different. No, 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 no. I'm, I more means like there are some games that like mouse coordinates get like. I see. You're like literally like, bugs are fixed, and yeah. uh, to run on a high def display means the mouse doesn't work right, and blah blah. Right. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But yeah, basic so. interface and and interaction. No, but is still no, the but same. the minute the minute it's like ah, now it's a twin stick shooter, right? Uh, you know, and, and like like the minute it's like it, we're going to mark on the map the rooms that you've totally cleared that has gone beyond we've now updated this game yeah. yeah 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 so i think uh, re2 is definitely 100 yeah. that stuff is so fundamentally different about the way that game is played though i guess okay here's here here's examples of stuff that's that's on the line uh the a lot of the final fantasy um re-releases the ports final fantasy yeah. 7 re-release 12 definitely does this has a mode where you can just double 
the speed or, or quadruple the speed of play so that you can just like burn through stuff. The Final Fantasy VII port that is on PS4 lets you set it, I believe this is true on the PS4 version, set it so that your limit break gauge is always full. Just 100% what? of the time. So that you can just, like, I'm not here to play, I'm just here to fucking get the story. I'm not here to engage right. with materia. I'm not here, like, just get, let me just, like, go off. Um, and that isn't, that's a new feature in a port for me, right. I right. think. I don't think that that's, like, an, I don't think that that's a remake at that point. Um, but I but I do think that, like, the set of things that goes into RE2, where there, it, it's, <clears throat> it is the same plot by point by point point by that's point what it stuff. is though then it's 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 closer to a shop for shot remake but it's updated, not updated i to promise new. it's like it's, if you if you take the way mr x moves in resident evil 2 the re the, the most recent one is so distinct from the limited encounters you have with him in in the original resident right. evil why are semantic it. arguments so tantalizing? They're fun. Um, they're fun, yeah. They're fun because they help <laughs> you hone your feelings about yeah. stuff when think, you engage with them in that way. The way the way that I'm thinking about it is like, let's say somebody fucking remade, uh, what's it called, To the Moon, whatever that old, the old uh, Journey to the Moon? What are you talking about? The movie. The movie. Oh, oh yes, yes. That's that's what it is, Journey to the Moon. Uh, I don't know what it's no, called. No, I don't think I don't it's think it's not. called that. No, neither. Like the, not, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Journey, uh, a trip to the moon. Sorry, nineteen oh two. That the, the old ass movie. Yes. You've probably seen a still image of a moon with a fucking rocket in its eyeball. Yeah. Uh huh. Remade Body that horror. in HD, but it was exactly the same otherwise. Like new characters, new sets, and all that, but they tried to do a shot for shot remake in four K. Yes. That to me is kind of what a mechanical update of the RE2 model feels like. I think you're underselling the importance of mechanics. I really yeah. think you are. Like well, mechanics well, are the play. I, I'm not I'm not I a think, formalist. I don't think it's the whole of it. Sure. But I do think the fact that like the, like the difference between exploring an environment from a third person perspective and exploring the and exploring an environment from fixed camera angles is right. the difference between changing a shot in a film. Sure. Like there, there is such a fundamental difference in the way a space feels when you are the camera versus when you are an actor moving through a space that a director has placed a camera in. Um, uh, and that's on top oh, yeah, of like, totally, totally. and that's on top of like the degree to which you can control to aim for hedge, like a game about killing zombies in which there is an option to shoot a zombie's knee out to make it fall is doing something different with bodies and zombies and zombie fiction than RE2 where you just hold the gun out and you hit the trigger a bunch of times. Do you know what I mean? And, like yeah, that isn't just mechanically it. different. It's thematically different. Those, those totally. mechanics carry and say something about the world and the fiction. Um, and, and so I think that's why I, I still do. I think that the second you're doing that stuff, it's moved out of the realm of like remaster or update. Right. Right. I get what you're well, saying. See, remaster might be the term that's misused. Like remaster, it might be the squishiest term. That's it, it, is. Yeah. it is. <laughs> because like that is like basically lifted from uh, music and film. Yeah. Like doing fresh releases off of original masters that have yes. been restored and then released at a higher fidelity. That is the process. And what we mean is generally remake right if 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 it was ever just yeah we threw in some higher res textures and like when that when that version of the remaster comes out that's that's frequently called disappointing right, right. because people are like that's the, you call that a remaster it looks like shit 
Uh, <laughs> I need more polygons. It's like, we're we don't like, have more polygons. Right. We had some higher res textures on file somewhere. That's it. That's all we had. The one that comes to mind here is I was just looking at. So I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake last week, and I have a hole in my heart now and want to fill it with a similar scale game, um, or or just at least I need something to like to like. Re- I need a rebound. I need to like have something. Like, oh yeah, I'm really going to get into blank, and then like I won't. <laughs> I'll get into it for like two weeks, and then I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at Final Fantasy thirteen, the Final Fantasy I never played at all. I never even tried it. Yeah. Um, uh, not because I was a hater. I, I famously I, I have friends who love it and who told me it was good at the time. Um, and I always wanted to play it, but I just couldn't have the time for it uh, at the time when I was I was in school. Um, and uh, uh, I looked into it, and the Apparently, the Xbox One X version of it, there's a Eurogamer piece, it's Final Fantasy 13 on Xbox One X, is a back-compat masterpiece, enhanced performance, a nine-times resolution boost, and vastly improved video cutscenes. And all of that comes from stuff that was either in the original, that is like, oh, the original Xbox 360 release of the game didn't use the same... Um, the same video files for the FMVs as the PS3 did. This now has the right, better like video files because for whatever reason it couldn't handle it didn't have the same video encoding i believe yeah. the ps the xbox uh, 360 and, and the ps3 uh and so now like oh wow they made the they made the cutscenes just look better and then like the actual gameplay stuff just looks better because the raw assets were there already to to be upscaled in that way or to be used at that higher level of detail um and then on top of that there's stuff around the ui where there's like the UI has been enhanced using like nearest neighbor, whatever, uh, to make it like to make the UI that was on this game that originally ran, I want to say at like, yeah, 1024 by 576 on Xbox 360 to now run it at 1080 um, and and like keep the UI looking clean and good. Um, and like, wow, that's really interesting. And it's really interesting because that wasn't sold as a remaster. That's sold as a port. <laughs> that's like, right. oh, yeah, we ported that to Xbox One. Like, <laughs> what did – no, you did all – there's others. There's stuff that happened here. This is some, right. This is literally what Rob was saying, the film or music version of a remaster. You went back to the masters <laughs> and you used those. Um, and, and yet that is called a port in our, in our world. Anyway, you're right. It's semantics, <laughs> but it's – should, also, should I sometimes. play Final Fantasy Thirteen? What should I do? I should make a poll today about all the various big games I'm considering 13. playing. And Just did play you play it? Final Fantasy Seven again. I never played it. It's for I'm similar reasons of like I heard it was long and it, it yeah. took like what what was the number like forty hours before it quote unquote opened. <laughs> I feel like this number has changed a lot. I'd right. always heard twenty <laughs> hours, but then the other day someone told me th- that they'd heard thirty five. So right. now you're saying forty. But I'd always heard it was it was twenty hours to 20 get to hours. Grand Pulse, and then that's when the game gets good. Right. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. That know. was when did that come out? I think I was in college. Also, like it was it was twenty ten. I was in I was in uh, yeah. I was in my master's program. Junior, um, junior, and undergrad. I believe that that's true. Too Let me double busy. check. Maybe it was maybe it was twenty eleven. <laughs> um, two thousand. It was December two thousand nine. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that'll. Oh wait, that was Japan. It was December two thousand nine. Worldwide, it was March twenty ten. So that adds up. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Well, that's our that's our remaster talk for the week. <laughs> How about we take a look in the question bucket and see what we got here? Um, if you have questions, you can send them to gamingatdevice.com. This comes in from Matt. Its subject is the Pietro experience. All right. I love Dishonored. <laughs> <laughs> 
God. A couple of weeks back on the pod, I heard y'all mention, mention Pietro, the clown sheep in Animal Crossing. And I had a good laugh about it after looking up an image of the villager. A week or so later, I had placed my town's campsite and found that my first camper was none other than Pietro. Now, something I wasn't aware of is that you were required to invite your first camper to move in. There doesn't seem to be any way to avoid this, so I was stuck with this strange clown. I was not prepared for this. The day Pietro moved in, one of my other villagers, Cat, disappeared for three hours. I couldn't find her anywhere. I checked all the other houses, the stores, the museum, but nothing. I went to talk to Pietro, who was busy unpacking and also lives in a house with an interior made of clouds. He explained how he was excited to show my town the Pietro experience. It turns out, not only is Pietro a clown sheep, he is a smug clown sheep. The next day, I returned to find his home unpacked. It contained two crescent moon chairs, two rocking horses, two spinning wheels, and a jukebox. No bed. I'm not sure I want to know what he does at night. This wasn't the end of it, though. In the run-up to the big concert, he meant there's a big concert, we talked about this. In the run-up to the big concert, he mentioned that he had heard that I was working on a secret project and hoped I was producing a low-budget, yet artistically groundbreaking feature film. He was the only one of my villagers conspicuously absent during the end credit sequence that happens during the concert. He also pretty regularly mistranslates Italian phrases to me and has the catchphrase, honk honk. (laughs) Apropos of nothing, he once told me that the nice thing about magic was that it doesn't have to make sense. A week later, I was inviting Bob to join my town from the campsite, but I was already at capacity, so I was given the choice to replace one of my current villagers. I selected Rhonda, and Bob went to talk to her about swapping. Bob said that Rhonda was already thinking about moving anyways because of the night clowns. Rhonda lives next door to Pietro. Bob decided not to ask any further questions. I'm not sure my town is safe. (laughs) Matt. The Pietro experience. You got to deliver it like it's the, the aristocrats. Yeah. <laughs> like the Pietro the experience. experience. Oh, what do you, what do you, what do you oh. call this act? What do you call this act? That's quite an act you got there. As, as arc lights catch, catch yeah. killer clowns feasting in the night. <laughs> Looks up directly. The Pietro experience. The Pietro experience. <laughs> Shot like a trauma film. Just like... <laughs> Uh, oh, cartoonish fuck. gore. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Matt, for that one. I'll say it, Matt. You sent that to the wrong email address, but I read it anyway because it was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Again, the website, the 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 uh, the email to send it to is gamingadvice.com. Here's one that came in from um, Two Mellow. Two Mellow wrote in. Hey, y'all, Mellow here. A couple of episodes ago, you called for emails from listeners regarding bad interactions with celebrities, possibly sarcastically, and I forgot to write in until now. This one is more awkward than bad. 2013 was a year firsts for me. I joined my first record label and went on my first ever plane ride to play at a large comic convention in Houston. The first night I was there with another artist and we went down to the crowded hotel lobby to use the shuttle to get some food. There were two conventions happening this weekend, ours and a Battlestar Galactica fan convention, which was (laughs) attended by most of the cast of the modern reboot. Reboot, another word we could get into. Is Final Fantasy VII Remake really a reboot? I don't know. Uh, Um, Yeah. While while we were in the lobby, we watched as the cast tried to make it through the crowd, being stopped by fans. The shuttle finally arrived, and we approached it along with the cast. As I got on, I felt a hand grab my shoulder and turned around. It was legitimately intimidating actor Edward James Olmos. He (laughs) told me, you can't be here, and shooed (laughs) both of us off the shuttle. 
Hotel employees intervened and insisted that we all ride together, and the cast wasn't going to get the shuttle to themselves. <laughs> Almost had obviously seen us as fans uh, trying to hijack a cast dinner, and we were incredibly embarrassed. Sitting quietly in front of this hotel shuttle, with the entire Battlestar Galactica cast behind us for a painful ten minutes, desperately trying to prove that we were normal people who thought the show was a seven out of ten at best. I still really enjoy the fact that one of my very first real musical career experiences was getting kicked off a bus by Edward James Olmos. That lines up with my impression of that dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's never seemed that friendly. No. No, not at all. I feel also like, um, I also feel like, why are they taking the shuttle bus? Yeah. Did the cast not get, I mean, I guess. a car? That's not, that feels like one of those. Uh, a car is for the 10 out of 10s, please. Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna I was gonna say that that it feels like a couple things. One is like, yeah, Battlestar Galactica, not quite like Star Trek levels of <laughs> uh, you know, cultural prominence. Mm-hmm. And second, that also seems like a bad judgment about logistics. Where someone yeah. is just like, Yeah, you know, we'll just put everyone on a bus. That way there's no, we don't have to arrange multiple cars, there's no wrangling, we just take them from the menu to the dinner, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> But then you end up with a mob scene as the last of the tiehards uh, try to God. God. <laughs> try to, try to Hold the... on, people liked him. Oh, I have no idea. I just made that up, man. I have okay. no idea. I'm sure, like, if, like what, what would the what would the real Colonel Tie stands be called? Like tiehards. Tie yeah, that seems right. Yeah, yeah. But also, what do you mean people? What do you mean people liked him? What wasn't to like? Oh my god! I mean, he was—he was kind of a vicious, mean drunk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. that was only for part of it. But like on his day, he was—he was the rock of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I guess real good judgment, except for the really bad judgment. <laughs> like uh, really good opening of season two. Like he might be the best combat commander the fleet has. Like he pulls their, their fat out of the fire in like six consecutive episodes. And then he kills a bunch of protesters. Yeah, was, So God, like, who's to say whether he's good or not? Hmm. Not good. Not good. Eject. Oh, fuck. God. Uh, thank you, Melo. If you wrong, have yes. had bad or awkward <laughs> celebrity interactions, you got to let us know. I'm very, I'm very curious what your, what the situation is. Um, uh, another one here. This one's from Chuck, who says, Waypointers, uh, after the most recent hurricane hit Florida, I lost power for two days. There was a Waffle House right down the street from me, and having read about the Waffle House Index, I decided to walk down there. If nothing else, it would get me out of my dark house. I cannot tell you how great it was to see the lights on there and to be told <laughs> all we have is pancakes and coffee, cash only. Maybe the best meal I ever had, and it just felt good. I go there now at least once a month as a way to say thank you. Keep up the good work, Chuck. Waffle okay. House Index, it works. People it are works. out here. People are out here going to, going to get waffles. Going it, to get pa- I feel I so cheated that I lived above the Waffle House line in Indiana. <laughs> is, that the, is that the euphemism we're going for the Mason-Dixon now? <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait. There's waffles above. There has to be. Yeah, there, there are. There, there, have, are. To That's there like, have to be. There have to yeah, be. Yeah, like, like Indiana is above the Mason-Dixon line. Yes, uh, yes. But, um, yeah, it's just like... Southern Indiana is the South and you can get things like grits and you go to the waffle mm. house, but like in Northern Indiana, it's Chicago land. It's, it's, the, it's Lake Michigan country. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I do feel a little bit cheated that I've, I've still never had a waffle house experience. 
Wow. I've been once, but I was so young that it doesn't count, you know? Yeah. I want to go. I want I want to go it's, to the Let's waffle go to Waffle House. House. It's let's right. go to Waffle House. Not right it's now. An experience. The Waffle House the waffle experience. House. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of this? What do you what do you call this act? The Waffle House experience. Arms <laughs> arms outstretched. Oh, God. Fuck. Um, what happened to your civil infrastructure? <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, walking around a disaster zone. Oh my God. Uh, we got some more. We got some more stuff that came in here. Um, I'm gonna read this one. This one. This one is mad at you, Rob. Is it okay if I read the one that's mad at you? Oh, is it? The, is it the person who told me to go fuck myself? Yes. Yeah. Read Can this. I read this one? Okay. <laughs> Fuck Rob's and his stupid flower is the subject. Damn. Uh, uh, there's no, this is unsigned, so I'm going to leave it unsigned. Dear Waypoint. I, and I think this, there, there's a reason why I want to read this, which is like, this is a perspective. Oh, it's a serious email. It's it is a serious like, email. Yeah, no, for yeah. real. I was hoping we'd read yeah, this. This one. is not just a joke. Uh, I work overnight grocery, and luckily we don't interact with customers until the end of our shift when it's time to go home, unless we need to do paid overtime. Been one hell of a month, and one thing I know is I'm at my breaking point on flour. All of you guys just grab all of the flour on the shelf and force us to fill it, fill it back every load, uh, every night. Um, pounds and pounds of flour gone nearly every day <laughs> and the stupid yeast. Yes, I know many of you guys are bored and are trying to start a hobby, but my God, why did all of you decide to be bakers? I will never know. Also, I know Rob started it before it was cool, but if the store decided... To never send us King Arthur flower again, I would just give a nice toothy, toothy grin of joy. P.S. Stop thanking us. Please just stop thanking us over the internet. I get you want to send good feelings, but right now we are highly stressed, and some of us, meaning grocery workers and other essential workers, just feel like, like it's pandering, which never feels good. If you really want to thank us, call your city and state reps about giving us hazard pay that we deserve. Would list Congress, but we, don't know, but we both know that they give zero fucks about us. Grocery store workers are the hardest hit from this virus, so please, when in the store, please wear whatever masks you can, you can come up with, and if you need help, try to be respectful to us and try not to get into our faces. Please, I beg of you. Uh, and that, again, is not signed, but thank you for writing in. Rob, why are you such a jerk in trying to make these people deal with your flower needs? Uh, so this is an interesting thing. Uh, I don't think I am, but I do think there's a lot of people who have been left in a, an incredibly shitty and vulnerable situation here. Uh, my suspicion about why people – like why I buy flour is because I can stretch pantry goods really far. Like a – a loaf of bread is not a very efficient, like from a, from a pantry size, like it's not a very efficient thing, right? Like a mm. loaf of bread, uh, you, if, like it'll keep better in the fridge, but fridge space is at a premium too. Right. Uh, whereas a bag of flour is like, God, that's like three Stick or four loaves of bread in there. The freezer's also full, man. There's no room. Like, yeah. Like I've got, a, I got a narrow little side by side, like everything, <laughs> like, Every like cubic inch yeah. of space has counted throughout this. Uh, and like for what it's worth, I think since February 4th, I tallied this up yesterday when I got this email. Uh, since February 4th, I have had five grocery runs uh, like starting that day. So because of the stuff that I've tended to lay in, which is like pantry supplies and flour and shit, uh, I've been able to not interact with stores that much. I haven't had to, you know, I have, I have not been a shopper. I haven't been 
uh, hitting up the inventory that much, which has helped me stretch supplies and sort of keep myself out of circulation. Um, but I do also feel like I know what I'm doing. Like I, I, I like I baked. Uh, I, I did a fair amount of baking before all this started. I definitely do feel like there has been a move for people who are they're not necessarily bored. I think everyone is start doing the same calculation. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are sort of swinging for the fences <laughs> and stocking up as if the, you know they're preparing for a multi-month siege uh, that they're going to bake their way out of it, um, which is also not going to work that well because eventually you get pretty sick of bread too when you start dying from lack of vegetables <laughs> and meat. But uh, I think I think a lot of it is about an element of psychological security and a. And there's a, there's a utilitarian argument for laying in these supplies. Um, beyond that, though, I do totally understand how exasperating it has to be dealing with the sudden throughput on these supplies, right? right. Like, these are things where, you know, you, you probably didn't have the entire shelf being cleared out multiple times a day. Right. And the last store run I went on, everything was gone. Like it was down to a couple bags of the store brand flour. But it, it, it really was like um, it, it really had been completely picked over. Right. It was just empty store shelves. And I probably I, I think it's very easy to forget that there is a tremendous amount of labor that goes into putting stuff on a store shelf, right? There's an entire, there's, there's overnight shift. There's an entire like logistical chain that delivers that stuff to you. That's full of people who didn't sign up for the amount of work they're doing right now. Uh, and certainly not under these circumstances. And also this is a system that was not designed to even accommodate this level of demand. Um, so I, I, I totally understand the frustration. I, I think, a lot of folks probably are overbuying some, some of these supplies. <laughs> yeah. uh, from, uh, but, but you know, it's tough to even judge that because how much of this is people overbuying versus stores just aren't set up for this. Right. Like, they, like they, they are not set up to accommodate demand of, of uh, shelf-stable goods like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, well... Thank you to the anonymous uh, grocery worker for for writing in and sharing. Should we talk about the uh, element of this though? That, um, what do we make of? I think there is a lot of pandering that goes on every single time there is a crisis in the U.S. where yeah. uh, where it is revealed that we are both ill prepared I... for a major issue, and there's a class of workers. Who are going to be the people who are who make up the difference? Well, and and that those are workers who traditionally are, if not vilified, are ignored. Right? Yeah. Um, these are folks who who do the work that has to happen for me to sit in my apartment. Right? Um, and 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 who otherwise are invisible uh, most of the time for for people. Um, I don't think I don't think a lot of middle class workers think about the people who stock the shelves unless they had a job previously when they were that person. Um, uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I think that that, that is, that is unfortunately part of the way that the system functions is to hide that work. Um, likewise for people who like, you know, are going around and doing sanitation work in the city. 
Those are workers who suddenly it's like, yeah, fucking fight for their rights. They should be getting the PPE that they need. They should be getting, you know, a hazard pay, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, but where was I for them last year, you know? Um, uh, and I think I definitely think that there is for me, there are there are ways in which I like I think that there it's possible to separate pandering from like a broader call to action um, or, or appreciation even from pandering. And mm-hmm. I think that part of that appreciation is or the, the version of which that that encouragement and appreciation can happen is to situate. I mean, one, I defer to this person for what works for them first and foremost, like they want me to fucking call my representative. You heard you you heard the person. They yeah. said call the call your fucking representative. So do that. Um, uh, but on top of that, what I think is important is to not fall into using empty words. Um, like I am not a big fan of a lot of the, like these heroes on the front line of blah 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 rhetoric because they're they are doing something heroic, but they're workers. They're not they're not hero. When you when you raise someone to the status of hero. Um, it's a it's a lot like a lot of the rhetoric that happens around raising someone to the status of artist and then insisting that they should do it for the love of the art. Um, mm. Like, well, you're a, you're a hero. The, oh, well, these heroes are sacrificing, so they should need to sacrifice, motherfucker. Yeah. They're here to do their jobs, the, and I'm happy like being sacrificed because it's yes, not like yes. they need these jobs to survive, right? Like yes, they're being yes. put into harm's way because it's also essential for everyone else. But it's not like they have a lot of choice in the matter. No, no, it's not like there's. It's like they're like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna volunteer today to go work right. at the at the grocery store and stock shelves. It's like, no, like if I don't do this, I'm going to not make rent this month. Uh, so I'm gonna go do this. This is the thing that I have to go do. Um, and I think that when you when you do start using certain terms like that, there's a degree to which you wash your hands of the of the cost uh, and the and the the outcome because you say, yeah, they're noble sacrifice. Like fuck off. Um, so yeah. that stuff doesn't. That stuff I think is, that that is what I make of it, Rob. Yeah, that's I'm there. I'm there as well. Like I think there's a lot of invisible coercion in our mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of times we use yeah. language of market to obscure to obscure what is often coercive extraction of labor. And I think there's, there there are definitely folks who are showing up to jobs as uh, healthcare workers, caregivers, uh, you know working at uh, workers at groceries and uh, other stores. There's all sorts of people showing up to these jobs in part because they do feel a sense of broader like responsibility to the people sure. who need these services. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also a lot of people who are showing up to these things because we have a system that pretty much throws you to the wolves the minute like your income supply your income stream is disrupted yeah uh i think you know how many of these folks would be going into work that became way more dangerous uh than it it is it could ever be expected to be right like Mm -hmm. the circumstances of doing this job have changed so much from the day these people signed up to do it right like i like i worked at a grocery store it was it was a job that like it wasn't yep. a bad job, but it was kind of a bullshit job in some ways because it was like, yeah, I go in there, I clean floors, I stock yep. shelves. I stock I, shelves, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Eight hours go by. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. But like it was never a job in a million years where you thought this could be dangerous on some level, right? Like the only thing I had to watch out for was a forklift driver who was a little bit uh, – eh, there were – 
There was, you, there was a good forklift driver and there was a not okay. so good one. Yeah, <laughs> you sure, just had to watch sure. out for this. Sure. You had to watch well, out like, for the one who was like, uh, I can corner this baby yeah. real fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like, no, check it out. No, the thing I never want to hear someone in a forklift say is, check it out. <laughs> no, yeah. I will not check it out, sir. But, uh, but, but so these jobs are so much more dangerous than they were ever intended to be. Yes. And, and then certainly than what the pay and benefits look like for the doing them. Right, right. And, I, and I, I think if you didn't have folks sort of with their with their rent being held over them, with their own need to, you know, buy supplies and take care of family members, if all those things were guaranteed tomorrow, right? Okay, well, you know, this is a huge crisis. We're not collecting rents. There's no evictions. There's like all like all money for housing is just like suspended, right? That's like these months aren't even going to exist. You're not going to owe. It's just you know, everyone, if, you, if you've got housing right now, you're, you're in, you're taken care of. Don't worry about it. How many folks would still show up to work under those circumstances, yeah. right? Because I, I think a I lot think of folks some. would. I think some, yeah. I think absolutely. more than we might think because debt is still real, because a lot of the folks who are in those jobs are in positions where, yeah, being able to skate by for a couple months because that, cause that you, know, you know, crisis check is hitting would yeah. be nice. But those are the folks who also understand what like having that crisis check be in the bank for them as a safety net for if this falls apart is like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think a lot about, I think a lot about the ways in which my overwork is related to my feelings of worry that things are going to fall apart. And yeah. that like, mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of, I, you're right. Of course, that lots of people, there are lots of people who have grocery store jobs who are in, who have those jobs. Cause it's like a nice job after retirement. Right. Or because it's their first job and they want to work in a, they want to like get some experience. And so they work at the grocery store and, but they, but they live at home with their parents and their, you know, their, their income is not their primary income and stuff like that. I think you're totally right that you would see a lot of those folks like step back, but people who are like this, I've been working at this grocery store for 15 years like and I still am week to week. I don't know that they'd be like, "Wow, four thousand dollars in my bank account. That's enough for me to, to no." Not but, I, but I think keep if you took a check, no. But I think if you did take off those external yes, pressures, right. not just rent, but like just broadly, like, look, you know, we're not yeah, we're not collecting on debts. Yeah, 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 like it's just not happening right now. Um, because because I think you can't. Like the story of this moment, I don't think can be told just as we are going to retroactively decide these folks are heroes for doing this job that they are compelled to do. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to change their material circumstances. We're not going to give them the equipment they need to be safe. We're not going to change store procedures that much to keep people safe and distanced. But we're just going to give them a nice thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's deeply – that's that's corny at best, uh, but it is also – I feel like it is a uniquely American form of corniness that uh, has become kind of an endemic feature of the landscape, right? Yeah, like yeah. all those heartwarming stories about people, you know, kids working hard to pay off medical, uh, not medical, uh, like school lunch debt, mm-hmm. uh, stories about that stuff. I remember one of the things that always drove me nuts hearing about was people talking about how what a, what a great and noble thing it was for teachers to buy school supplies for their for their students and my mom did that too every teacher did oh yeah uh-huh. and it wasn't like it wasn't like a good deed it was necessary to make the school function yep. right like you could either buy school supplies or you could have a classroom that couldn't function you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. it was like teachers just paid for that out of pocket and it wasn't just to take care of their students though 
ultimately it was because it was about doing a good job, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing to the the reason the way you were a good teacher was you made sure that the course you were teaching was being effectively taught and uh, everyone had the necessary supplies. But that was that was a huge gap being left open in the system that teachers were just left to cover. Like if they didn't, nobody else was going to be offering a solution. Uh, the states and local school systems didn't give a shit. But in retrospect, that was held up as an example of like, look at how selfless teachers are. Uh-huh. Look at look at what a wonderful profession this is. And I could never help but feel like that was a really cynical play. Uh, not just not just a way of sort of co-opting the fact that people were being self-sacrificing and take care, taking care of their students, but also a way of, in some ways, obligating an entire class of worker to continue yeah. to put up with substandard conditions. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, well, good teachers give up their paycheck for their students. Yep. They're already menial paycheck. Good <laughs> teachers will spend a good good fraction of it on school supplies. Oh. And I, I worry we see the same thing right now. Uh, medical profession has even higher standards of professional obligation in some uh-huh. ways, right? Like uh-huh. if you are, if you're a healthcare worker, there is a level of obligation that people in healthcare feel they have to do their jobs that I just do not, right? Like the, my level of obligation to show up and do blogs is not the same thing, uh, clearly. But that is, but, but that's kind of, one of the things I see happening that that really worries me is this notion that we've got really critical workers and then rhetorically we sort of put them in a box that says, well, the thing that makes them admirable and valuable is that they sacrifice and they put themselves at risk and they do these really important jobs for little remuneration and without, (laughs) without the proper equipment uh, and they do that for us. And no, we will not be paying them. And no, we will not be helping them. But isn't it isn't it a fine and noble thing they're doing? Yeah, I I, I have little to add there. I think that that is that is fundamentally the the problem with the sort of uh, the that style of rhetoric and and congratulations. Uh, a lot of it driven by uh, a desire not to, and often an, un, an uh, unconscious desire to not fundamentally change the relation our relationship with these things and and these roles in society to like hopefully like it's it's like when someone do, does you a big favor like a big favor and then you go like in front of everybody like wow what a big favor that person did for me and you don't actually sorry let me reframe it it's like what it, it's like when someone you don't really like gives you gives you a big favor and you know that you have to like recognize it but you don't want to necessarily bring them into your life <laughs> um, we're not trying to hang out. Like, yeah, you picked me up from the airport in the middle of the night. That was you. You did do that, but I'm not going to hang out with you. Like, and that's that is the relationship that's happening here. And I'm not saying I've done that. I I've been on the other side. I've been the person who picks people up from the airport in the middle oh, of the night. I once drove someone six hours to an airport that oh, I yeah. hated. Uh-huh. That I See? hated yes, because it's is- like if I don't do this, they're going to know how much I. <laughs> <laughs> you're both you're both on both sides uh, of this of this yep. experience. yeah totally um and and uh the 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 difference is uh a lot of the country won't even give that person the ride to the airport right uh, here they're like i'll give you some money for a cab bye 
Um, and, and or like not even that. They're saying like <laughs> you you could you could uh, you could get a cab. You could you could uh, that's a way you could handle this problem. Uh, you know, thanks by the way. Uh, and that is that is so much easier to do than to have like a real reckoning with folks who are doing jobs like this and and jobs that would be essential in other conditions. Like that's the thing is like what we what this puts into relief is these particular roles as being. Uh, the essential ones in this style of lockdown, but other crises may have, you know, precipitated the the realization that even other roles that right now we think of as not uh, people who are working from home now or people who who are not in in retail outlets or whatever it is, you know, in in you know store forward facing storefronts uh, uh, would also be folks who whose roles are important. Um, and it is it is very frustrating to see that, that the response basically has been nothing. And I and I, I do have to wonder to some degree to to what is the um, political what is part of the lack of political will around something like recurring um, you know money uh, uh, payouts to people tied to the fear that you kind of outlined, which is like if we pay these people, they're going to stop stocking the shelves. Uh, and whether or not that's true or not, is that part of what is happening in the the kind of mind of Beltway, you know, uh, po- uh, politicians? So I, to me, I've always felt I, I think on some level that is at work, maybe if only implicitly, the notion that if we just give people money, I mean, that's always the fear, right? This notion right. that, uh, oh, people are going to get away with it. They're going to work the system. They're yeah. going to live yep. perfectly average, somewhat <laughs> underfunded lives <Yeah. laughs> without having to bust their ass for it. Uh-huh. Uh, that infuriates me. But, uh, I, I think the, but I think there's another element of this, which is I think the U.S. in particular has this teach a man to fish mentality mm-hmm. and the te- and the part where we teach a man to fish is business right that's it like this this notion that if you just give people money you've just given them money but thought you're going to spend it that doesn't help them but if you give them if you give a business money and the business hires them then the business will continue to hire more people and that gives money to lots of people and it just it becomes an engine of creating income for folks mm-hmm. and they will maintain that fiction Till hell freezes over, right? Like it doesn't matter how much money you have to inject into that company to maintain the fiction. The company is still viable. They would rather do that than just say, you know what? This company can fold like Boeing being a perfect example, right? Like Boeing fucked up terribly, uh, you know, had, had increasingly unsuccessful business model and then also had such a disastrous approach to, uh, engineering for uh, safety that they caused two two airliner crashes mm-hmm. and basically like put paid to their commercial airliner business. Uh, there is no reason you have to save that company. Re- like re- like you can maybe argue it's useful to have from a, some sort of nationalist perspective. Like it's useful to be able to domestically produce uh, aircraft. I can I can hear that argument, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be Boeing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be that 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 group of corporate executives. But the thing that never comes up for discussion is this notion of well, the company could go away, and we could just pay the workers. Right. Like mm-hmm. we could just take the same amount of yep. money it would take uh-huh. to save that company, and we just pay the workers mm-hmm. and pay them decently uh, for a pretty lengthy period of time while they figure out like you know what their next steps are or something but that is never up for discussion because what we always have to do is figure out a way to my god american workers are suffering we have to rush money to businesses so they can help the workers Mm -hmm. that is that is the framework and i think on some level there is an element of 
yeah, we don't want to pay workers because then they won't they won't work for us. Um, that I think that is explicitly why welfare was tied to work requirements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I think is where it, where it is explicit. Yep, uh, that is a way to subsidize cheap cheap labor. Uh, we do it in two major ways. We create we create work requirements for welfare, or we have large undocumented workforces. Those are the two ways we subsidize mm-hmm. uh, cheap labor in this country. And in both cases, we vilify the sources of that cheap labor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and obfuscate the ways in which the rich and wealthy or the, the, and powerful like are happy to utilize those sources uh, to, yeah. to actually increase their own wealth, right? Or it's, it's, it's rarely to increase their own wealth in leaps and bounds and often to ensure the sort of like uh, base level of wealth from which they can comfortably then go to the market to actually play in the space where wealth create where wealth wealth creation by which I mean uh, wealth appropriation happens in large 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 scale where we're talking about billions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, and not just like the the fucking shitty neighborhood like rich dude like those folks are are almost using uh, that cheap labor as a safety valve or as a safety net so that they can stop paying attention to that part of the business. They can stop saying, well, how do I make this business make money? And they go, well, the answer is I just don't pay anybody anything and uh-huh. then can spend their the money that they have accumulated uh, in order to make plays in the market to to basically start playing with the other with that same amount of money that should have gone to other workers in other companies in order to make money <laughs> off of that, right? Like it is it is gross and 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 deeply frustrating. Um, so, I mean, I... I hope that we come out of this with at least, you know, as as the uh, as the writer suggested, at least on state level, we get some decent minimum wage uh, changes. But I also do like, you know, we're like you see a lot of stories like this running on motherboard right now. There are also a lot of uh, there are a lot of grocery stores and a lot of gig workers and a lot of people involved in various points of like logistic logistical infrastructure that are starting to realize we are absolutely being exploited and screwed here. Mm -hmm. And that's been the status quo for a while, but now it has actually scary real world ramifications. And uh, my hope is that, these sort of this this sort of nascent labor movement we see in these spaces. um, I really hope it starts to take some roots and uh, achieve some wins because there, there really has never been a, these corrupt models have never been more dependent on the people they're exploiting. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think we should wrap up. Thank you all for listening. I, I can think of no other way to, to better take us out uh, on, on this one. Uh, as always, if you have questions, send them to gaming at vice.com. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Kato? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. Rob. At Rob Zachney. Uh, and as always, you can follow all of what Waypoint is doing, twitter.com slash Waypoint. Uh, you can follow or you can <clears throat> find out more about about uh, uh, Bowen's song Miss You off the EP Pale Machine by going to waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. You can follow everything that gets published still at waypoint.vice.com. Shout outs to our friends at Motherboard also who who have continued to do great work over the course of this crisis and to do good work all the time anyway. Uh, what's up on the site right now? What should people go check out, Rob? Oh, well, people should absolutely check out uh, Duncan Fife's uh investigation into the sort of urban legend 
that made its way around adventure game circles uh, mm-hmm. years and years ago that Sierra had created a virus to go after people who were pirating Leisure Suit Larry. That's and incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And this story sort of came like just was sort of out there in the ether, but I, I can never figure out like, was there anything to it? It sounded <laughs> really improbable, but at the same time, one of those like terrible ideas you can imagine someone convincing themselves uh-huh. makes sense. Like, yeah, that would teach them, right? <laughs> if we create, if pirates don't feel safe pirating Leisure Suit Larry, then we'll have a lot of new customers. I can almost see that happening. So Duncan Five sort of dug into what the actual story was there and why it became this rumor that Leisure Suit Larry was involved in a series of really early uh, virus attacks on banking systems. Uh-huh. And it turns out there is a story didn't come from nowhere. Uh, but it was probably misreported at the time. It's a, it's a really fascinating look though, at just the software ecosystem of the period. And then also what like early virus writer and hacker culture was like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out this piece too. Uh, Grace uh, Benfell's dated visuals made the environmentalism of Final Fantasy VII come alive, uh, which is kind of uh, an, an interesting deep dive into what what you know n- now people look at as some of the games. Um, uh, I-, I would suspect a lot of people right now, if you checked the internet, you would find a lot of people be like, "The Final Fantasy VII remake looks so much better than than Final Fantasy VII." Uh, and uh, Grace's mm. piece here not only pushes against that sort of um, technological progression narrative. Uh, but actually digs digs into why the pre-rendered backgrounds of the original play a special role in exploring some of the game's uh, environmentalist themes. Um, it's definitely worth reading. Uh, so shout-outs to, to both Grace and to Duncan Fife and to everyone uh, who, is, who is continuing to put out good stuff right now when I have lots of time to read good stuff. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. I've already done all the other stuff. I've already done all the other normal stuff I have to do. Yeah. So that's going to do it. That's for, for real going to do it. I cannot wait. I'm going to take a nap today. I'm real. Oh, nice. This is like, this is nap weather as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I, I have a clear day. I'm going to take, I'm going to take advantage of it. I hope everyone has a good week. We'll be back on Friday with more from Waypoint Radio. As always, fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Take a nap. Take a fucking nap. <laughs> you ever have a day, a, a year so bad? You just gotta take a fucking nap. Uh, All right. Uh-huh. Check out this video of the Thunderbirds honoring healthcare workers in, in Las Vegas. Is that real? What? It's real. Oh, fucking Christ. So good. Oh, I love I love this flex, country. I love to flex military muscle to prove. <laughs>
Oh, that man. we have Thank that you, ability. healthcare workers. I'm going to do a low altitude <laughs> flyover. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we can God. bust some fucking windows on a hotel. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Time. What is it? It is. Easter Monday? <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> is that it? It's just, just because it's the Monday after Easter? <laughs> Whoa. Damn. <laughs> yeah. My main recording is going. I forgot to get my own personal backup, but now it's going just in case. Okay. All right.